going on you guys it's your favorite video game podcast and we're back from a brief hiatus we're here to record a great episode for y'all the sticky buns podcast episode 77 man dude i'm so happy that we're back at it you and me together on the mic again man just feels right so super happy just to kick it right off and also man congratulations on graduating that was a big deal for you thank you thank you thank you yeah i appreciate it dude i had to put in that work dude i had to really grind there for a while but it was worth it it's totally worth it i feel a lot better move the tassel to the other side and you're on the up and up man yeah yeah but let's get into it man i mean primarily today we're going to talk about tears of the kingdom kind of where we left off after last time but before we do I do want to shout something out that I started recently. I started a second podcast, and that is called The Indie Nook. And that's spelled I-N-D-I, then Nook. I'm actually super proud of it. I was kind of nervous. It's just me on the mic, and I kind of talk about some gaming news and some other, (laughs) like, indie games and indie publications. And I don't know. It's kind of meant to be like an additive to the Sticky Buns podcast, so check it out. I think there's three episodes out right now, and I think everything is under 30 minutes. I kind of want to make some shorter ones, too. They're just meant to be, like, some shorter experiences. I recently bought a tablet, and I recently bought an iPod, so I kind of want to talk about both of those on one. So it's just going to be a mishmash of gaming-related stuff and then gaming-adjacent stuff and whatever we're interested in. So I got to have you on, too. I'm super happy for you, but... (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You got to have me on. I'm super happy for you. Seems like an amazing passion project. I was just listening to the Citizen Sleeper episode. It was really fun to hear you go in depth on that. And uh, I'm excited to see what the future holds for the Yeah, Honestly, thank you, Matt. I mean, it's honestly, it's really exciting because, you know, here at the Sticky Buns podcast, we do like kind of try to have a tailored experience for you all. And I, for whatever reason, I pick Citizen Sleeper back up and that's kind of I guess almost one of the reasons why I wanted to start this project because Brandon was out for the last episode and then we're going to be talking about Tears of the Kingdom this episode and I was like, I need an outlet. So it's funny because I actually talk about Citizen Sleeper in all three of the episodes that are out. I at least mention it. So (laughs) it's it's primarily a Citizen Sleeper podcast right now, but (laughs) there's some other stuff as well. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, and you're going to have so many good topics to talk about because you just cover a wide variety of games so if you haven't heard the indie nook already go tune in you gotta tune in it's really gonna be a digestible episode fun topics and you get to hear blake just go on and on about his favorite games (laughs) yeah very excited to see where it goes so thanks for the support on that brandon but let's hop right into it man and i guess actually before we get into tears of the kingdom have you heard of this game called starfield yeah, I've been seeing some of the promo for it. Been watching some gameplay. You know, to start off, it's developed by Bethesda, which 
was mm-hmm. the same developer of Skyrim, one of my favorite games, probably my introduction to gaming. And yeah, I'm super stoked to get my hands on this title, Blake. How about you? Dude, I can't stop thinking about it, man. I'm so excited. I think I'm gonna I'm in the hype train, man. I'm all in. I normally try and give myself like I temper my expectations. Yeah. But for Starfield, dude, I'm ready to just go all in. I just can't wait for it. If you haven't seen it, they put out like a 45 minute gameplay trailer along with like some dev interviews and it's all kind of consolidated into one thing called the Starfield Showcase. If we can remember, I guess we'll throw it in the episode notes, but it's very easy to find on the internet. And it seems like it's lighting the gaming internet on fire. So, oh man, I'm just so excited for that game. I guess it's like a PC and Xbox exclusive. Do you know if you're going to get an Xbox to get it? I mean, an Xbox, (laughs) what is their release date? It's in September. Oh man. Yeah, you know what? I might just give myself a Series X. (laughs) I have to find my room for it. But yeah, I could see myself getting a Series X to play that game. Or actually, I might just build my PC for once. I feel like that's a bit more. That's a yeah. bit probably better to do. Yeah, that might be a good way to go. Have you built a PC before? I actually haven't built a PC from scratch, no. I'm really interested in doing that. I feel like the way games are going, it kind of just seems that that might be the future. Like everybody, instead of buying a box, everybody has their own computer. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. with the VR. The way VR is headed, I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna make more sense. You're gonna have access to a lot more titles if you have yeah. your own box. But you know, it's not on the PC. Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> That's very true. When we last left off talking about it, we had done a lot on the ground and in the Sky Islands, and I think we kind of ended it maybe saying, "I feel like we're missing something." So let me ask you, Brandon, did you find that thing that we were missing? I didn't. You I didn't? Yeah, I didn't. Oh, no. Well, I don't know if... I, I feel like I've got to, like, say it, but I don't want to spoil it for you. Well, why don't you go ahead and say it? Why okay. don't you go ahead and say it? So you know those, like, holes in the ground? Yeah. You got to go down the holes. Oh. There's a whole map down there, Brandon, and it goes the entirety what? of Hyrule. That's crazy. So not only is there a sky world, there's also an underground world. Yeah, and it's dark and it's spooky. Like, it's not just dark. It's like pitch black. Dude, it's crazy. you got to check that out. And there's so many resources down there, too. So it really kind of feels like after I went down there, everything started to kind of click into place. So you got to go. I guess they're called the Depths. So you got to check out the depths, man. That's what I've been reading. And I've been noticing some uh, gear that lights up in the dark. Like I've been walking around the desert mm-hmm. and uh, interacting with NPCs. And they I've been noticing some of that equipment, like things that you can build or like attach to things that light up. So I've been wondering what the functionality of that is. And it seems like that's it. Yeah, there's some... Like there's a couple, there's like bright bloom seeds, but there's also like some mushrooms. I think they're like bright bloom caps or something. And if you take those and you like cook them into food, this is kind of where where I started to be like, okay, there's something else here. It says that it gives you glow for like a certain amount of minutes. And that kind of just makes Link like light up like a glow stick, which is kind of <laughs> silly, man. It's like he drinks the mushrooms and he's kind of like just glowing 
like a cartoon uranium link. <laughs> but I actually, I don't even know where I would even describe where this is. I guess I just kind of stumbled upon it when I was down in the depths. But I got this like armor set that has like light bulbs on it. So it's super goofy because like it lights up like a small area around him. <laughs> it's crazy. It's actually, it's really goofy, but it's also like, it's super useful. It's well, it's scary down there because even if you're just lighting yourself up, like you have no idea what's like right beyond that, like light barrier. I was just going to ask, are there a lot of monsters down there? I feel like there would be more monsters down there than usual. Yeah, there's a lot. I actually, I, I, <laughs> I ran into something and I said, nope. And I like immediately ran around and just like sprinted the other way. <laughs> so there's some crazy, crazy things down there. You got to check it out. Oh uh, yeah. I got to get there, especially because I'm so close. You know, I'm right by it. I'm just confused about what's going on. I think that all starts to put some things in the place for you. Everyone keeps calling me a vo. I don't know what a vo is. Oh, that's, you're a, a male. So are you in the desert right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's like the tribe, like the Gerudo. They only have, I mean, it's like a tribe of women. Wow. So did you ever never make it to Gerudo Village in Breath of the Wild? No, I don't think I did, no. <laughs> it's actually, I'll tell you about that. It's really funny. Cause you kind of have to, you kind of make it to their city both of them right here hell yeah man so you kind of go through the desert you make it to their city and if you like try and like walk through the gates they're like no there's like two guards on each side of the entryway to their city and they like block you off and they're like no boys allowed they say Vo. Yeah. They're like no vos allowed get out of here and then there's like have you made it to the oasis no i don't think i have so in the desert there's like an oasis and there's a shrine there so if you follow the like if you look at your map there's a road and in between the city and the desert, there's like an oasis and you should be able to see it. And if you go to that oasis, there's like a shrine there and you can get it as a fast travel point, but also there's like a couple shops and like a pond and there's some other stuff there as well. But in the first game, you have to find a merchant in this like oasis town and they're like really high up on something and they're like, it's kind of hinted that like it's like a, a merchant, they've got like a veil and they're wearing women's clothes. And you kind of talk to them and you eventually buy the outfit off of them. And it's like revealed that they're like a guy. And it's very funny. And then you as Link put on the girl clothes and you have to kind of like cross dress to get into the town. And it's really funny. And that's kind of how you go through that in the first game. But it's not quite as complicated in this one, so I'll, I'll leave that for you. Yeah, in this one, the way I got in was just by like sneaking around and using my uh, ability to phase through mm -hmm. material. Like I just ascended into the village. Oh, so you're in the village right now? Yeah. Oh man, have you found out where to go in the village yet? No, I'm still confused. I'm just exploring. <laughs> I just bought a bunch of sticky jellies, different colors. I don't know how that's going to come in handy, but I'm sure it'll come in handy somehow. Wait, sticky jellies? I'm pretty sure it's choo-choo jellies. Oh, okay. So they're, yeah. 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 What are so they I used for? So I have a couple of those. What I use them for is I fuse them to arrows. So like if you've got like the yellow one, if you fuse it to an arrow and shoot an enemy, it's like does electric damage. And if you have oh, like a frost awesome. one, if you fuse it to an arrow, it like freezes them. Okay. Have you been using like the fuse 
Yeah, I use it a lot with my arrows and also with my weapons. Like I'll combine certain things. I love combining big boulders with my weapons because it's a good way to mine like rocks and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of like mining. There's also there's a ton of mining in the depths. So, so if you go down to the depths, there's gonna be so much more stuff to mine. You have any tips for gathering tools? Like I find myself running low. On my weapons? Yeah. It's all in the depths, man. Because there's so many more enemies down there. Like, you can just pick up all their stuff. And they're normally pretty good. That's good. Okay. I gotta head down there ASAP. Yeah. I think there's, like, all kinds of enemy types. Like, I think there's, like, the... I don't know. Like, what are those Zonai? They're, like, the little robots that you have to fight. I think they're down there, too. But there's also, like, all kinds of Bacoblins and... All kinds of creatures down there. Oh. But I think if you also, like, if you explore, like, ruins and stuff, or, like, temples, like, you should be able to find some weapons as well. And then I think they all respawn at, like, the Blood Moon. But I'm not sure. Yeah, that's always scary when it's a Blood Moon and then you just have a, a rush of mobs. Yeah. It feels like in Minecraft when the zombies rush a village. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's spooky. I actually really like the animation, though, that they did. Like, the cutscene. Yeah, it's sick. That's really cool. With Zelda, like, the new voiceover. Oh, yeah. man, every time I hear it, I get chills. It's awesome. <laughs> I gotta play some more, man. I've been slacking on Tears of the Kingdom. You know, man, I haven't been playing that much either. I think, I mean, I've just been so busy. But I think I'm, like, 35 hours in. What about you? I'd say about like 27. Yeah. It's really good though. I'm having a lot of fun with it. How are you feeling? I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm definitely, I'm finding it a bit more enjoyable than Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. Just because I know a little bit more about what's going on. And also like the material process isn't as like, I'm not as lost as far as like where to find weapons or things that I need to get around. Because you can, like, make your own, kind of. Yeah, I'm glad I got, like, all these different armor sets. I did all these side quests. I was able to get, like, the electric armor set. I was able to get the attack boost armor set. The climbing armor set. Did you get, like, the whole armor set? Like, the headgear, the chest gear, and the legs? I only got the chest gear. Okay. All four of those. I did that same thing. I did get some headgear, too, as well. But what quest did you do? I don't know. I just like, it's funny. I just like walked up to a random NPC in the overworld and they were like, hey, have you heard about this? And I was like, no, I haven't heard about, I guess they're like some bandit. They like mentioned some bandit to me and they were like, he had the best fashion. And I was like, okay. And they like pinged three spots on my map. And I just went to those three places and found the three things. Is that how you did it? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I just pinged those three things and I went to all of them because I figured I would need them and they've come in handy a lot. Yeah. Have you been finding yourself like switching out your armor sets for like different situations or do you yeah, like... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially into the climbing one. I use the climbing one a lot because it makes a huge difference. Yeah, the climbing makes a big difference. Also, the cold weather one, I feel like that makes a huge yeah, difference Yeah, that one well. makes a huge difference. Also, the attack one. Mm. It's really helpful. 
You know, I haven't really been using that one. I, I've really found that I'm really digging the tunic, like the base tunic that you get at the beginning of the game. I yeah. just love the way it looks. Like, I think it's sick. So, honestly, I think it's probably my favorite outfit Link's ever had. So, I'm yeah. really enjoying rocking it with, like, the Roman sandals. <laughs> I don't know. I'm about it, man. Link's got his dogs out in the yeah. world. <laughs> You're dripping Link out. Hell yeah, man. You got to. I actually yeah. just bought some earrings for him. I don't remember what buff they have. Oh, that's but, dope. But he looks sick when you've got the earrings in. I didn't know that you could get some earrings for Link. That's that's dope. I, I actually... I got like a headband too, and it like puts his hair up into like a bun. And it like makes him look like an anime villain, so I'm about it. <laughs> Dude, that's sick. I didn't know you could buy those. You bought those at a shop or you were at a shop? I actually, I bought that headband at the Oasis in the desert. Okay. So you should try and find that. Yeah, I know. I gotta, I gotta spend some time in the desert exploring. Seems like there's a lot there. A lot more than meets well, the eye. Actually, I don't necessarily think you should explore the deserts. If you've already made it to the town, there's like the way you progress is you have to. I don't want to tell you, but it's in the key is in the town. Okay. And if you like run into like, if you want a hint, I'll give you a hint. Maybe later, like maybe try a little bit more. But if you need a hint, I'll tell you where to go. Yeah. Or I could give you like a very spoiler free hint if you liked. But I mean, whatever, whatever you want, if you need help. But definitely check it out some more. You do some more exploring, you'll probably figure it out. I think it was easy for me because I had the added context of I had spent a ton of time in the town on my last playthrough. Or not last, like when I played Breath of the Wild. Because there's like a, one actually is one of my favorite story quests in Breath of the Wild is in the Gerudo village. Like it's, it's a lot of fun getting into it. And then it's also, so I guess kind of what you do in Breath of the Wild is you you go in and you talk to the chief and then they say like, Hey, this divine beast is causing trouble in the desert. And you kind of do like the breath of the wild dungeon for this divine beast. And it's like Von Aruba, I think is what the divine beast is called. Here, let me look that up. Did you do any of the divine beasts in breath of the wild? Yeah, I did it like two. Yeah. I think it's called Von Aerobus is what it's called. And it's kind of like a camel. And it's a pretty cool dungeon. So I, I really enjoyed that. I guess that people recommend you do that one last. But I did that one first. So I had a great time because they give you a really cool power once you complete that that dungeon where you can like zap enemies with like electricity. So I've ha I had that like really early on in Breath of the Wild and that really helped me out in some tough fights. Vonaropis, that's an interesting name. Yeah, I really like the Divine Beast names. I thought that was awesome in the first one. Have you done any of the dungeons in Tears of the Kingdom? No, I haven't done any yet. Oh, well, you got to check those out too. I guess there is four. So there's like one in each region. There's like one in the... I guess it's pretty much like the four corners of the map. So I think there's one in the desert, but I don't know what it is yet. I haven't made it there because I'm still hanging out in the town. And the dungeon is like you just fight a boss, essentially? You know... In the first one, I did, I guess it's called the Wind Temple, and that was by the Rito Village. Okay, I did do that one. I did that one as well. That's how you get the ghost of yeah, Rito. Tulin. Of Tulin, yes. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so yeah, the Wind Temple, and then I guess there's one. Yeah, that was in the crazy. Desert. That was a crazy fight. I was like, what am I doing right now? I couldn't <laughs> believe it. That was insane. 
Yeah, that was like, awesome. Do you really, want to talk about that? Yeah, I was like, am I really about to fight this huge dragon thing? <laughs> it's insane. And I was. I wasted every last one of my arrows. Wow, you used arrows? Mm-hmm. How did you what fight did you the- use? I didn't use anything. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> so, so I guess to give some, I guess, pretext, you kind of climb this mountain with Tulin and you're kind of working your way up and you kind of get to the top of the mountain and you see these kind of like like steps and these like platforms and you kind of make your way up these platforms into this like tornado in the sky. And once you get further and further into the tornado in the sky, there's like these little boats, like flying boats. So they're kind of like these yeah. like Roman rowboats. And then and you can like jump. On them. Yeah, they're super sick. So you just like jump on them and then you just get launched into the sky and you can kind of like use that to platform up and you kind of make it to this humongous like giant yacht boat thing. And this is yeah. the wind temple. And you kind of have to solve some puzzles. And then once you do that, you're in this like boss fight with this like freaky ice dragon that kind of also looks like a centipede kind of. <laughs> so how did you fight it? What did you use your arrows? Like, where did you shoot? So midair, I would just. Oh, you'd like slow down time. Exactly. Because when you shoot in midair, you get to slow down time. Did you shoot and him so in the eyes? I would just aim for the little. He had like these huge circles on his chest like that would light up. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah there were like three huge like ice things. Cause he he had these like I guess they're like three spheres in like his like yeah. by his head, by his tail, and then the middle of his body. And exactly. So I cracked were, all, my approach was to crack all of those and I used arrows, but I had fused things to the arrows mm-hmm. to have a more effective hit. And yeah, I wasted all my arrows but defeated him. That's crazy. So I kind of did the same thing. Like it was similar. Like I went through or I I guess I cracked those like ice bubbles on him. But the way I did it is after he kind of was launching like these ice spikes into the air at you. And then that that kind of exposed the like the ice bubble. And then like I was over him and then I dove down and I dove through the ice like with my body. And that like shattered the ice as I was diving. So you shattered the ice with, with your my body. head, I guess. <laughs> and that was in one move, one fell swoop, you just went through? Went, went through, wow. yeah, through the ice Dude, body. Dude, I would have saved so many arrows. How many did you it. use? I used at least like 70. <laughs> I had a lot of arrows. It was insane. It was an insane fight. That's what I'm telling you, Blake. I was like, what the fuck? Like, they're really expecting me to fight this guy right now. I'm not prepared for this fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not. Did you like attach like bombs? Approach. Like bombs to your arrows and stuff? Yeah, I had bombs. I was using, I ran out at a certain point, so I started using like Baka Bloom horns. <laughs> <laughs> I was shooting whatever at this thing. Man. You could have just jumped you. through it. I could have just jumped through it, exactly. But I didn't think that. I was kind of scared by the thing. So. <laughs> That's so funny because, you know, that's one of the things I really love about this game. It feels like in a lot of games, you know, like it's a very curated experience and the developers like very clearly want you to do something a certain way. Exactly. In Tears of the Kingdom, it almost feels like they gave you so many tools and so many ways to do things that they didn't even like design like a right answer, so to say. It's kind of just like we gave you the question. It's up to you to solve it however you want. 
Yep, I totally agree. And it, it makes for these really interesting experiences. It was really fun to like recount both of our experiences there and compare how our approaches. And yeah, I think that speaks to how great the game is. Just the fact that you can have a variety of perspectives. It really feels like an engine. It feels like just an engine at times. Yeah, it almost kind of feels more like a sim game than like an adventure game. Like it really almost feels more like Minecraft than like an old school Zelda. For sure. They definitely took a Minecraft approach. I can see that. Yeah, this game's awesome, man. (laughs) Dude, Tears of the Kingdoms, whereas I I wish I had more time to explore the world and play it some more. It's really a game you could spend hours on. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, just because I feel like the game is so good, like, I don't want to rush myself. I don't know if you feel that way. No, I definitely agree on that sentiment as well. It's like, there's no rush to experience this. It's it's always going to be there. And yeah. it's always going to be fun. So there really is no rush to get back into Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Whereas Breath of the Wild, I did kind of feel like. I wanted to progress through the story, but here it's just like, there's so much to explore everywhere. Mm-hmm. What's been something that's really shocked you that you've been like, I can't believe they put this in the game. Have you had an experience like that? That's a good question. Yeah, I definitely have. I'd have to say like homing lasers. Those are really annoying. I haven't run into any lasers yet. That's crazy. You haven't run into like the... This was right by the, this was the mission when you are flying through the boats. Like you have to, in order to get one of the things to work, you had to like jump off the side of the tower or the castle or whatever. And there was like a homing laser that like follows you and aims for you and it like shoots. Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember. I didn't think those were, I thought those were like cannons. Yeah, cannon. Oh. But it surprised me that that was tracking me that whole time. It's like, this thing is tracking me in midair. This is really annoying. <laughs> yeah, I would just, every time it was about to shoot, I would like drop down with my parachute a little bit. That's smart. It really threw me off. What else really surprised me? I've been um, having a lot of fun with the puzzles. The puzzles? Yeah. You know, I, I guess I wanted, to, I wanted to run this by you. Maybe we talked about this last time. I don't remember. I feel like I'm having so much fun with like the spatial puzzles where it's like you get put into an environment and there's like a bunch of things that you can do in the space. And it kind of just feels like using the tools in those spaces. It just makes me feel like so smart. I don't know if you feel that way at all. No, yeah, I definitely agree. Like being, having to, like going back to that quest with Tulin, like you have to kind of figure out to use Tulin's gust in order mm-hmm. to activate the turbine. That was something that initially took me a while, but once I figured it out, it clicked, and I definitely felt smart, so to say. I was like, damn. I could have easily overlooked that over and over because I was using like the wind turbine on my weapons to activate it. I was using all types of things. All I had to do was ask Tulin. I had to mm-hmm. aim it, of course, first, and but just ask him to like make a gust. Yeah, I think I need to do a better job of using the functionality at hand, like using more of Link's abilities that I have at play, being a bit more creative. Yeah, definitely. I've seen some crazy things online. Have you seen anything 
Like that's just like anything on the internet that's just like blown you away. They're like, damn, I didn't even know I could do that. I think like skating on your shield, that's been pretty cool. Like I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to skate on my shield. I still can't. Oh, dude, I love doing that, man. It's so I much fun. I had to skate on my shield, but I want to do that. So, you know, in like the starting island that like where the tutorial is. Yeah. There's like those mine carts. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. At least you can fast travel to that. And then you just fuse a minecart to your shield and you can just pull it out whenever. So I kind of like whenever I run out, because they don't last for forever, like the durability doesn't last forever. I'll fast travel back to that island and then I'll fuse the minecarts to my shield and I'll have like, it's pretty much all I have. <laughs> all my shields have minecarts on them because it's so awesome. And if you hit the, I don't remember what they are on the Switch controller. Oh, I guess they're A and Y like the buttons on the right and the left. If you hit those while you're skateboarding, you'll do like tricks. Holy shit, that's awesome. <laughs> like you'll do like a spin on one, and then I think one is a jump. So yeah, it's, oh my gosh, that's so fun. Shout outs to Ollie Ollie World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ollie Ollie World, Tears of the Kingdom. What's the difference, man? A collab. <laughs> Dude, that Honestly, that's collab. so fun. I love doing that. That's one of my favorite parts. I want to explore that some more. But I've seen some, like, wacky combinations, some interesting fuses. And, yeah, it just makes me, like, question my approach to the game. No, you can't do that, man. Because, I mean, people that are making this content online, like, they probably put in hundreds of hours, you know. And you're just kind of doing it as, a, as like, your own experience, you know, having your own adventure. Right. Man, I will say, there's one thing that I saw that I was like, there's like never in a million years would I like have thought of this. <laughs> this was this shit was crazy. So there was this guy, he was being chased, or I guess I don't know who it was, but it was it was Link, obviously, he was being chased by a bunch of bacoblins. And they were coming after him, and there was a rock on the ground. And he picked up the rock and just held it over his head. And then as the enemies were swinging their swords, he like pulled up his ascend ascended through the rock that he was holding over his head and then jumped. So like as they swung, they missed him because he ascended through the rock. He jumped off the rock and then like did his bow and shot him. Wow. That's actually awesome. Though. That's like some matrix stuff. Like yeah. <laughs> figuring out how to <laughs> use the mechanics of the world to your advantage. I do find myself doing that a lot, like trying to ascend through things and just like trying to play with my abilities to get around or to cut corners, so to say. Yeah. And uh, I do notice sometimes it does work. This is why I keep trying it. And it's a really good functionality of the game. Yeah, it really, really rewards you for experimentation, which is awesome. Exactly. And I'm curious to see speedruns of the game, like what people are doing and figuring out to like just absolutely you know, cheat their way through the game. Yeah, I can't wait to see those. That's going to be so much fun. I also saw like a really cool like mech, like somebody made a mech. I'm just so excited to be able to make one of those. Like I don't quite have like enough material to like make a mech, but as soon as I do, I'm going to make one. Because I recently got this or I did this temple that had this like Zonai device called a control stick. Have you have you seen this? A control stick. No, I haven't seen that. That's cool. So it's basically, it's truly, it looks kind of just like a joystick or like an arcade stick. 
and you like fuse it to anything and you can control it with your joystick. So like if you made a car, you put this control stick on it, you can drive it like a car. I'm really excited for that. I'm going to make a mech and then drive it around. <laughs> I guess let me ask you this. Have you found any of the jewels? I guess I don't really know what they're called. The topazes and like the sapphires yeah. and like the rubies. I found like some opals. Yeah. Have you done anything with those yet? Not yet. No, I've actually sold them. I, found, I just sold them. So I was going to tell you not to sell them. I sold all of mine for a little bit. And I didn't realize it had any functionality because in the first game, or in Breath of the Wild, you just sold them pretty much. But in this game, like if you have a ruby, if you attach it to a sword, it like shoots fireballs when you swing it. That's sick. I actually have done that by accident. <laughs> mm-hmm. I made that sword. And that one, that one is a really weird sword. I was like lighting everything on fire by accident, including <laughs> myself. But it was powerful for sure. And it lasted. Yeah, it lasted a good I picked one up off the ground, which is how I found out about it. And then I made one. That one hasn't broke yet. So I think I'm going to like keep one elemental kind of thing in my inventory. But I also, I heard that if you fuse it to your shield, like if you like, I think the topaz is lightning. And if you like fuse that to your shield, like if you pull your shield out to block, It'll, like, zap the enemies. Oh, man. I got to experiment with that stuff, too. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. These shields. I'm having more fun with, like, the shield fusing <laughs> than the weapon fusing. Dude, that's where it's at, though. Like, just the amount of customizability and just the different ways you can play the game. Like, it's just it's amazing to me. Yeah, it's awesome. So stoked, man. I'm so excited to get more into it. I can't wait either. I, I'm like, there's still so much more to do in the game. It's, it's crazy. I spent so much time already, but there's still a whole world out there. Yeah. I really feel like if I'm playing, I can just get on and just, just play for hours. Like, and it'll feel like, like a blink of an eye. It'll feel like I'll blink and I'll be like, oh, shit, I've been playing for over an hour. And I feel like I don't no, really seriously. have that with a lot of games. Like, I, I really just get like so sucked in because it's just so much fun. Yeah, it really is. You do anything in this game. It's just such an open world. You get sucked into the smallest things. And I really do think I agree with the Minecraft comparison in that sense. Because that's what Minecraft feels like. Yeah. And there's just like so much experimentation. Like, it really feels like the combinations are endless. Yep. You know. I actually, I also just heard about something. I haven't tried this yet. Have you been finding these like dazzle fruits? Yeah. I didn't know those did anything, but I guess if you attach those to an arrow and you shoot an enemy, they like get confused and drop their weapons. Oh, wow. So I need to try that out. I really need to do more experimenting. I mean, I feel like I've done a lot, but I'm really, I don't know. I want to do some more. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's really smart. It'll change up the whole dynamic of a fight. Yeah. Because in Breath of the Wild, I, I don't know if you ever felt this way, but I feel like every combat encounter, I would kind of approach the same way. Where it's like, if there was like a really big enemy that I couldn't take head on, I'd like freeze them like with the time freezing ability. And then I would just do like a really powerful attack on them. Or I'd like run around and try and like kill the smaller enemies while like just freezing the big enemy. And I pretty much did that for every encounter. 
And then if I could, I'd like pull out the bombs and use the bombs. And I feel like this one, it's really forcing me to just like mix it up. Yeah, I agree. The first Tears of the Kingdom, there's a lot more avenues to solve the problem that is the enemy. Whereas in the first game, it felt a lot more one-sided. Like the, there's a more obvious solution, which is most likely slashing through them. Yeah. That's what I would do. I still yeah. find myself doing that a lot. I need to get more creative with the way I fight, use more of my environment more traps and stuff like that yeah man i will say there was one enemy that i had to fight that like i used everything in my inventory i guess i ran into this person or like this enemy way too early i had four hearts and i truly like i had like a hundred apples and i had to eat all of them like i had to like i even had to like save scum it a little bit (laughs) but have you run into like the hands that come out of the ground the hands that come out of the ground, no, I, I can't say I have. That sounds really scary. Oh my gosh, dude. It is so creepy. <laughs> when you run into them, you'll know. Because it's like the gloom, but they're like hands. And they're just like coming out of the ground. They Like the hands have like eyeballs on the palms. And okay. they're just like, they come for you, man. And... I defeated one of those and then something else happens after that, which I won't say what it is. So if you run into one of those, like, got to take it out, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Can't run from that one. This world's full of surprises. Like, you never know what's going to come at you in yeah. the of the Kingdom. Like, you could just be exploring and some random thing will fly at you. It's, uh... Have you run into any of the, like, the three-headed dragons yet? Yeah, I ran into the electric one. And I'm not fighting it. Yeah, I saw one and I like ran. I was like, there's no way. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to run away. Yeah, that's what I did with the electric one because it's just like, come on, I'm not going to fight me. And then I saw one in the distance flying and it was like shooting like fire out of its mouth as it was flying. And I'm like, I'm just not going to go over there. <laughs> it's terrible. I wonder what you got if you beat them. Yeah, I don't know. I guess only time will tell. Maybe we'll find out. Well, do you have any other games you've been playing? Anything else you want to shout out? I've been playing a lot of 2K. Been grinding out that season. I downloaded GTA Online again for the PlayStation 5. That's looking forward to checking that out, getting back on the GTA grind. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Starfield is definitely... I'm excited for that. And... 2K is going to come out again in September, so I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah. You know, it's funny. They actually, this month on PlayStation, they had 2K as one of the games you can get. So I officially have 2K22, man. I'll have to give it a try. Or I'm sorry, 2023? Oh, you have it? That's sick. Is 23 the one with Michael Jordan? Yeah. All right. I need to play it because I want to see that, like, the story through. Like, I want to play those, like, games. Like, yeah, you, you can play the Jordan. Uh, yeah, it's a mode that they is have. Is it like a legacy mode or something like that? Yeah, exactly. You get to play through all Jordan's like big career moments. It's dope. You I actually really, get some nice really rewards for your my player for completing it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I feel like I really want to do that just to kind of learn more about the, I guess, like his career and and I guess about the the game at the time. It's a hell of an experience. And you'll learn a lot about the game and the functionality by doing it which would be really helpful. 
Yeah, I'm excited for that. I guess I got to tell you, I guess we haven't chatted in a minute, but I saw a Yankees game. Oh, dude, that's what's up. Who are they playing? <laughs> they were playing the White Sox, and they lost. But, oh, <laughs> that's but it, it was fun, man. I'm in fantasy baseball league at my work as well. And I've got the shortstop, Anthony Velope. I've got him on my team. Okay. So I, I've kept him on my, I mean, I've got some, I've actually got a really stacked batting roster. So I, I've been keeping Anthony Velope on my bench, but I put him on the roster when I went to the game. It just felt like, I don't know, it just felt right. And he had a bad game. He didn't do anything. <laughs> Three strikeouts and wasn't his night. You got to lose some nuance. Yeah. yeah. But I've been having fun. In my work league, I'm fourth out of 10. So I'm not doing too bad. I've never played a fantasy like sports game before. So. I love fantasy. I used to play football a lot, fantasy football a lot, and basketball. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it, man. You like manage your team. It's kind of like yeah, <laughs> kind of like franchise. a JRPG, man. <laughs> you can do that in 2K as well. There's a my team mode. There's mm-hmm. also an association mode. I think it's called my GM, where you can do exactly that. Like actually manage a team, make trade decisions coach staffing decisions yeah that sounds fun i'm actually really enjoying it i'm i was surprised how much i liked it but it's been a lot of fun so i'm into that do you want to talk about i guess before we wrap up today do you want to talk about the new spider-man movie at all dude yeah we totally can i know Um, it's not video game related but hey man i mean it can be i can be because there is a new miles morales coming out and that looks dope yeah. Well, dude, you take it away, man. You take the leap. It's a, If you haven't seen the new Spider-Man movie, it's a two-parter. But the, the first part is the one that's out right now. It's amazing. I recommend it. It's about Spider-Man basically figuring out his place in the multiverse. It's a really great film. Amazing soundtrack. I recommend you listen to that, too. You're listening to that a lot. Blake and I were just talking about it before recording this. Mm-hmm. Blake was actually listening to it before recording this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, man, the uh, soundtrack is so good, man. Yeah, it's it's a great film. And I yeah, don't so want to this... spoil it, but yeah, Blake, do you have anything to say about it? I mean, yeah, it's the second film in the Miles Morales animated series. I guess it's not really a series. It's, it's like going to be, like I guess, animated films. I think the first one was called... Miles Morales into the Spider-Verse. And I think this one's called Miles Morales Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And damn, they really did it, man. It's incredible. The animations and the art style is just like so good. And I'm just loving learning. Like after it came out, there's been a lot of people on Twitter that were like, hey, now that this is out, I can talk about it. And they're like creators. And they're like, I got to work on this aspect of the film. Or like I worked on like this 12 seconds of like animations and it's really cool because it really has like, because it's the multiverse, like the multiverse is kind of coming apart a little bit. When you, are, I guess, are watching it, like the animations will not like glitch, but they'll kind of like phase to like, it's the same thing, but a different animation style. And then it'll, it'll switch back. So it's really cool. There's even like one part where there's like, so like a Lego Spider-Man. And I thought that was awesome. That was really Dude, That fun. was sick. I like the T-Rex. <laughs> the T-Rex Spider-Man was crazy. Oh. I was like, there's a T-Rex. <laughs> there are just so many different Spider-Mans because it's a multiverse. 
Yeah. And I know it wasn't probably a theme of the movie, but it did make me great for just life in general and my reality playing out the way that it has because the movie kind of explores the idea of the protagonist's life being like kind of turned upside down as they're lost in the multiverse. Yeah. And so it just kind of makes you grateful for things. Yeah, it makes you grateful for your own path, you know, (laughs) and like how how you I mean, obviously everyone has their own trials and tribulations, but how you kind of overcome those and choose what you do next is who you are, you know. Right. For sure. Thematically it's a great film. For sure. There's a lot of deeper connotations that are beautiful and are really helpful for me in this time in my life personally as I just graduated school and I'm looking at like making a lot of decisions and yeah and where you're gonna go next yep oh yeah man Spider-Man's there for you dude <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> I'm well, looking forward us- to that game dude I cannot wait you know man I need to finish those i haven't beaten either one of you those. haven't oh dude that's crazy that's a game right there where i i have completed both of them yeah i need to do that man i will say though like i don't know if we've ever really talked about this i have not been like the biggest spider-man fan in my life i guess yeah. just like growing up in the midwest i never really connected with the character yeah but then like moving here and like being in New York, like I, I don't know. It's just something about Spider-Man. It's just so New York, man. It really is. And I don't know, dude. Like especially like Miles Morales being from the Harlem area. Like I lived like the neighborhood above that and like Washington Heights for a lot of the time that I've lived in New York. So I just feel like just having that like connection there to like the location. I thought that was really cool. But I guess in the animated film, he's from Brooklyn. But I guess in the in the video games, he's from Harlem, isn't he? Pretty sure in the video games, he's actually from Queens. He's from Astoria. Oh, but then he moved up to to Harlem. Is that kind yeah. of the... Yeah, okay. pretty sure. To, for school. Yeah. Which is makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of schools up there. Columbia. Pretty sure he's a Columbia student. Or like, whatever they call it. He's probably a Columbia student. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I need to get back into that. But I guess like the Peter Parker one... That one is in the, it's set in the summer, right? Like the yeah. summer in New York? Yes. I think I might dive into that one because I feel like it would be weird to the dive into The story was so nice. Yeah. Story, I mean, like, I, they I really, didn't. They put a huge emphasis on the story for the Peter Parker one, like about Gwen, or not, not Gwen. Is it Gwen? Yeah, no, it is Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Like, they put the, the love story. It's beautiful. It's well told. I really enjoyed that first one. And then the second one, they introduce Miles Morales and that relationship, like that teacher and student relationship. They explore that. So I'm excited to see what story they tell now. Yeah. I mean, like they, in the PlayStation showcase, they kind of showed off a little bit of it. And they've got Craven the Hunter is going to be the, I guess, the antagonist, which that's cool. I didn't really know too much about him until that came out and I've been doing some research. And then I guess they're making like a Craven the Hunter movie too. So I don't know. That's kind of cool to learn about him, but also like Peter's in the symbiote suit. So he's like, <laughs> Dude, that's something I love about Spider-Man is just being able to change all those suits, explore in, that, yeah. in, those, in those world. And I mean, going back to Spider-Man and why he's such a great hero, I think spiders are just super relatable. As humans, we don't really acknowledge this, but we have like a very deep connection to spiders. There's pretty much, no matter who you are, there's pretty much a spider 
near you at any given moment. Spiders are everywhere, and we should be nicer to spiders. I disagree, man. I gotta tell you, Brandon. I don't fuck with bugs, man. <laughs> well, spiders aren't bugs. Spiders are arachnids, and they actually eat bugs. They're your best friend because they keep them away. You just gotta be willing to look past their intimidating. The oh, man. It's a very primal urge. I mean, it's a very primal because they were probably in the past, like long early in human history, huge mm-hmm. arachnids that like probably hunted us, which is really scary when you think about it. Like imagine no way, being hunted man. by no a way, spider. That's just not it. They're like the ultimate hunter, literally the ultimate predator. Yeah. No, thank you. (laughs) But they're so cool. They don't move at all. Like, they waste very little energy. They just let their prey go to them. Yeah, no, thank you, man. (laughs) Blake's like, I'm getting off the spiders. You're not. Not about the bugs, not about the spiders, man. (laughs) But, hey, Spider Man, man, he's awesome. I have found myself as I'm like going through the city and been like, man, I wish I just had like a web, the web <laughs> get, get to where I'm going so much faster. I just want to swing. It would be the <laughs> best way to get around if everyone yeah. could just like swing there. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be a lot of collisions though. There would be a lot of collisions. <laughs> what suit would you wear if you were Spider-Man? If I were Spider-Man, oh man, I love this question. What suit would I wear? I would wear the suit from... The Andrew Garfield movie, the, you know which one I'm talking about? Like the suit, the Iron Man suit that he built for him. The one with all the features and like has like the AI in it. It's pretty much like the Iron Man, Spider-Man suit. The, that's oh, I don't I know if I know this one. It's really cool. Like they, they, you should watch that movie if you haven't. Wait, is this the one where he's got like the things coming yeah. out of his back? Yeah, I mean, he can do that too if he wants. He can bring those out. That's like a mode. And that's kill mode, I believe. Yeah, okay, I, I know this yeah. one. This suit, this suit is just really cool. It's like, it, it involves AI. I like that a lot. Really yeah, that was awesome. Man, I think I would do, like, if there was a way that... Do they have, like, a suit that's like a wingsuit? Pretty sure they do. I think that's the one I'd probably pick. A wingsuit? Yeah, Spider-Man has, um... He has that suit with the four things, too. That's in a whole nother one with the four things. Yeah, I think I'd do the wingsuit for sure. The Captain America suit. I don't know that one. Here, let me look that one up. Oh, that one looks cool. How did he get that? Do you know, like, what comic that's from? It's one of the comics where basically Miles Morales becomes Captain America. It's really cool. I want to read it. I want to buy the comics, too. I want to buy, like, literally all the Miles Morales. I collect them. All the Miles Morales comics because I just love Miles Morales' story. I really do. Uh, he's awesome really relatable to me personally i think he might be the uh, spider-man I'm, I'm into it he's definitely up there definitely one of the coolest but i feel like spider-man in general is like like you were saying really relatable for being a city dweller yeah because it, it kind of just like tickles all your city dweller fancies yeah as far as, like being able to get around the city quickly having to like maintain lots of different relationships at once yeah, I kind of like like the vibe thematically too, you know, because he's there to help everybody out, and you really just can't escape like how many people, you know, there are, and yeah, how exactly. like even like the smallest act of kindness that you can have on like it can have a big impact on somebody. Like we're 
I guess to bring it back around, like thematically, like we're in a city, like it's a web, you know, and everybody's connected in these strange ways and helping each other out is it really ties us together. That's a good way to put it. It's a good way to look at it. We really are a web. I think that's a good place to end it, man. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Think about that. <laughs> Food for thought. Food for thought. I guess let those spiders live, even though they creep me out. <laughs> <laughs> but if Thank you see you them, so you got to let them bite you because you could become the next Spider-Man. You could become the next Spider-Man. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Go check out the Indie Nook. Definitely go give that a listen. Subscribe. Yeah, I'll put that in the in the show notes. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, just thank you so much for listening. The best way you can support us is by sharing it with a friend. We put a lot in this podcast, so sharing it would really mean the world to us. And thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate y'all. All right, have a good one. Peace in the streets. Yeah.